Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Good to have your smiling faces here today. Before we go any further, thank you to those that celebrated yesterday the life of a great man. And I'm talking about Kenneth Wayne Dismuke. Give him a big hand right now, just in remembrance of him. This is a man that touched every one of your lives. He was your friend, your brother. And uh, I mean, I can, we can go on and just share story after story about the man he was. But I just want to invite Irene up if you want to share a few words this afternoon on what that meant to you yesterday. Give her a big hand. Yesterday, I know it was a a difficult day. It was a long day. But tell us um, how your church family, what that means to you, your family, immediate family, just being there for you. Uh, It was, uh, first of all, I was just so glad that um, so many people came to show their love for him. He was, you know, you you all know how he was. Um, My church family has been so supportive um, you guys really helped me out with the food, as you saw yesterday. That was the big part of that that um, celebration yesterday. And I want to thank you again for helping me out with that. Um, and then, my, of course, my family was there, my, you know, my brothers and sisters. And, but everybody has always been there to support me, whether it was with a phone call, a card. And I understand a lot of people, you couldn't come all the time, you know. It... And then the COVID was there, and that made it extremely harder. But, um, you know, Wayne was very loved, and he loved this church. He really did, because he attended here. Um, like I said the, yesterday, I said we kind of looked, I, I went looking for a church, because I knew that, you know, we all need to be close to God. And um, so I was, I was looking around for a church, and Wayne would go with me, and, and they would have a potluck, and that's the only time he ever went. And... Um, so when we found Foothill, it was kind of like Wayne just knew that this was our home yes. church. And, um, and I love this church, and I hope we can fill this place up. Yes, because amen. everybody needs to know the Lord, and amen. it's not all about religion. It's about relationship with God. Amen. You know. thank okay, you. thank you. Thank you, Irene. Give her a big hand. Love you, Irene. Continue to pray for God's comfort for you and your family. Uh, Also, I do want to pray right now. uh, We want to pray for a friend of Mother Betty's that recently passed. Her name was Wanda, dear friend to her. So uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Let's lift up um, Irene, that God would continue to be her peace. You know, God is, is the one that gives us a peace that passes all understanding. We can't comprehend it, the Bible says, when this supernatural peace descends upon us and infiltrates us. We cannot comprehend that. You can't buy that. There's not a psychologist in this world that can give that to you, but only the living God can give that to you. So right now, let's pray for that for both of these wonderful ladies. Father God, we come before you right now. Lord, we're trusting and we're uh, counting on you, Lord, as always, to bring us that peace, to bring uh, Irene continued peace, Lord. Yesterday was a very emotional day a very uh, tiring day, but Lord, I pray that you continue to be the peace, the supernatural peace and strength that you have shown yourself to be in her life. That Lord, that you would help her to, to look forward to more days in the future, Lord, with you. 
and the promises that, Lord, that your word declares. God, that you have not left her, but, Lord, that you have, have strengthened her. And, Lord, there are still amazing days in the future. And I pray, Lord, for that peace and that strength and that comfort to be hers today. Lord, I also pray for Mother Betty and, and the dear friend that she lost, uh, Wanda. We pray, Father, uh, number one, that uh, you would bring restoration, Lord, there in, in her soul, Lord, to know that she is with the Lord to, because she knew you. And, Lord, we pray right now, Father, that, that God, you would repair any, any part of her inner being that's, that's been affected by this. Lord, it's tough to lose a friend. It's tough to say goodbye to people. But the great news is that one day we will see them again. We have that great assurance, Lord, that one day we will be reunited with them in glory, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that we have that promise as believers. So, Lord, we pray that peace again for Mother Betty. May it be hers. And, Lord, be her strength and comfort in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. Hey, we're glad to see you today. We're glad to have our guests from our Napa Church. Amen. Yes. Today I want to begin a... Yes. They have a praise report. Oh, let's, let's have it. Okay. Our, our cousin, uh, who was in the motorcycle accident. Yes. He's out of the coma. There's no neurological damage. No, that's uh, great news. He's just doing better. He's talking because he was in a coma for two weeks. Yes. But he's out of the coma. He's starting to talk. and he's To God the glory. To God the yes. Glory. Amen. Give him a big hand. The Lord is our miracle worker. He's our healing God. He's the great physician, the Bible says. Is there anything impossible for our God? No, no, no. There's nothing impossible for our God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Today I want to begin a, a new series titled Growing in Grace. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Growing in Grace. How many need some grace in their life today? I think we all do, right? Amen. Remember back in the day when you were a young child and you would go around and people would say, well, how old are you, little one? And you'd say, well, I'm 10. I'm actually 10 and a half. I'm almost 11. Remember those days when you would all say something like that? I would say that. And then at some point when you're a teenager, young person, you, you stop saying that because they come quickly, those birthdays, those trips around the sun. They come really quick. And... And you want it to slow down. And uh, spiritually, most believers want to grow in the Lord. But here's what I see. Oftentimes, we come to the Lord as new believers, and, and we want to grow, but then we get stuck because we get complacent. We get complacent where we're at. And we stay, and what often happens, though, is we grow spiritually complacent. We, we settle in. And we fail to continue to grow as what the Lord would want for us. Because how many know God wants you to grow in your life, in your spiritual life? Most believers want to grow, but we settle. We settle. It's at that moment when you can find yourself stuck spiritually. And believe me, it happens to everybody. We go through seasons of life where we're growing, where we're climbing. It seems like wow, that, I look back and reflect back on where I was and how, how much I've, you know, learned and grown in the Lord. But, but we have to be careful that we don't get complacent and remain comfortable where we're at. That was never God's intention for any of us. Everybody say this, I need to grow spiritually. I need to grow spiritually. Do you believe it though? Amen. 
Amen. You need to grow spiritually. I love it when I see people, people taking out a little notepad. Pastor Rick is preaching, teaching, and you're scribbling notes down. I love that. We have our Zoom Bible studies weekly. We've been doing that now for over a year and a half. It was actually, it's Thursdays, Thursday, 7 p.m. Don't miss out. But that's a time of study. That's a time of diligence, of growing in the Lord. Amen? Here's what many believers want. They want an abundance of God's grace and peace, but they're unwilling to put in the effort to get to know Him better through prayer and study. Let me remind all of us today, including myself, you cannot grow without deliberate discipline and effort. Say those two words with me, discipline and effort. Those are, those are words that we all grew up with. I don't care what household you grew up in. There was somebody told you there was discipline and effort. You had to, you had to make your bed. You had to brush your teeth. You had to clean up after yourself. That took discipline and effort. Right, young people? It took discipline and effort. Let me read our sermon text for you found in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read the first eight verses. It'll be up on the screen for you. And this is Peter writing. And listen to the words of, of Peter. Simon Peter, a bondservant, which means subservient, a slave, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For His divine power has granted to us everything, everybody say everything, everything. pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence, through these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world on account of lust. Verse 5, now for this reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a lot to digest right there. One upon another upon another. Now, they're not in any specific order, meaning you can't have the, the third one without having the first two. They're not in any specific order. I just want to point that out at the outset. But we must work on these as believers. We must work on them. Now, because God has imparted new life to each of us as believers, we need to be diligent to grow in godliness. We need to want to grow you have to have a want to. In Spanish, there's this word ganas. There's no word in English, but basically it translates to the want to, the desire. And we have to have the desire to want to grow in Christ. If not, you'll remain where you're at next year, the year after that, the year after that. Now, I don't know about you, but 
my two daughters, as they grew up in my house, I saw them grow up as little babies to now in their 20s. And that's a great thing because I don't want them to be 25 years old physically and two years old, you know. I, I want them to grow up. And they have. They've grown up. And each of us as believers, we grow in Christ spiritually. Amen? Amen. So I want to cover a few points. I may not get through all of this today. But to grow in godliness, number one, we have to make sure that you have trusted in Jesus Christ and His promises. To grow in Christ and in godliness, first of all, we have to have faith. We have to first believe that He exists. That's the problem with the world out there, your co-workers tomorrow that you're going to come across, the people at Walmart. <clears throat> they don't trust in Jesus. They don't believe that He exists. As believers, it becomes much easier for us to, to trust the Word of God, to trust the promises of God. Philippians 4, 7 says, He is the peace that passes all understanding. And as a believer, if we receive that, we believe that, guess what? You're going to receive supernatural peace. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God will, with that temptation, provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And as a believer, if you believe that, he'll never give you more than what you can handle. He'll provide a way of escape that you'll be able to endure it. Because oftentimes we say, Lord, I, I can't handle this anymore. I don't know how much more I can handle. The Lord knows your limit. Trust him. Trust him. That coworker that's driving you nuts, he knows it. He loves you. He cares for you. He's got your back. He's growing you. Amen? Amen? You are trusting in the Lord and His promises. Now, here's the question. Because God is the answer to all, our, all of life's issues. I think all of us would agree with that. But why, is it, why isn't this parking lot full? Why isn't the parking lot of every church here today on Sunday full? Why aren't there droves of people as in the movie Field of Dreams where the cars are just snaking in all the way to the ball field and you can see the headlights from miles away. Why isn't it like that? When this is the answer to life. Why isn't it? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I have. I do all the time. Maybe it's just me. But what could be better? What, why aren't people lined up to get in right now? Well, let me tell you the answer. This is what each of us need to understand to have a a true understanding of why you may share the word and some people say, stop right there. Have you ever been told that? I don't want to hear it. I used to tell people that. I don't want to hear it. My brother used to tell me that. I don't want to hear it. Uh, there were many of you that probably said to some Christian at some point, I don't want to hear it. We've all been there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to this verse in, in chapter 4, verse 4 of chapter 4. In whose case the God of this world, let me just stop there. The Bible says the God of this world is Satan himself. He is described as the Prince of Peace. Just so you know this. He has blinded he, the, of this world. He has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan himself has blinded the eyes of those that you and I are trying to reach that you and I are trying to witness to. This is a spiritual battle 
But it's part of what we got to do to grow in grace, to trust God, to trust that the word spoken will not go in vain, that, that it will be planted here, that a seed will sprout up at some point. Some of you that didn't grow up in church like myself, you heard somebody witness to you, but in my case, it was about, it was about uh, a year, it was about four years later that I truly wanted a desire for the Lord. Somebody witnessed to me and I kept telling him, I want to hear it. But he kept over and over. He wouldn't stop because he knew the right thing to do. Amen. He kept trusting in God. You and I need to understand not everybody's going to receive it because of the, the God of this world who is Satan himself. And then another scripture in Acts chapter 16 and verse 14. Here's the other half of it. The Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. See, we first have to have faith that he exists, and then the Lord steps in and he opens our heart to receive his word. He doesn't open the heart of the hardcore person who doesn't want to hear it. God is a gentleman. Can you, can you hear that? God is a gentleman. He'll never force you and I to make a decision, do anything against your will. He says, if you want to go that way, Hey, that's fine. We all have a free will. Amen. The point is, you cannot begin to grow as a Christian until you have received new life from Jesus Christ. And that was when you became a born-again believer, which we spoke about last week. It is a life of Christ in you that gives you the motivation, the power, the want to, the ganas, as I mentioned before, to want to change. Amen. How many are thankful for that transforming power in your life to want to change, to say goodbye to the past, say hello to a new beginning, to a new season, to a new life in Christ. See, the instant you trusted God, you, you put your faith in the Lord, God graciously, he gave you the keys. He said, here's the keys to the power, the transforming power that you need in your life. You now have the keys to open these doors up. You now can come to me at any time you want. I'm here for you, the Lord says. And now you can have life, you can have godliness, you can have all the things that you said no to in the past. Thank God for that. Trusting in Jesus is faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Has to start with faith. It's the essential foundation for growing in Christ. You must have faith. Doesn't mean you have to have faith like like Father Abraham, who the Bible tells us is the greatest example of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, it just says you must have faith. There's all kinds of levels of faith. Some here have faith to move mountains. Some here just have baby faith. And that's okay. You have faith. You have faith. So, number one, we must have faith. We must believe that He exists. We must believe to grow in godliness, that we trust in Christ and His promises. Number two, to grow in God, in, um, excuse me, to grow in godliness, we must maintain the right motivation. The right motivation. Right motivation is the essential, is an essential part of being a believer. It's essential to have the right motivation to come to church to do what you do. We don't come to church. Pastor Rick doesn't come up here so that you can say, oh, Pastor, what, what great flowing words. Huh? 
It's not about that at all. No. And I wish I could say great flowing words. I'm doing the best I can, but our motivation has to be in the right place. Your motivation can't be, well, I did my duty. I, I went to church and, uh, you know, I, I hope they think I'm a, a, I'm a good believer. I'm solid and put on an act. Your motivation has to come from the heart. Pride is what will kill you on that area. Pride will interfere and jump in and destroy you. Your, your intentions, your motivations stand out and everybody can see it at some point. But, but your desire to have God's blessing on your life, your family, your business, these are the motivations that that should be present in your life to, to, to want to be who God created you to be. Your desire should be, God, I want your blessing in my life, so therefore I honor you with right motivation. I want blessing upon my family, upon my children, my grandchildren, upon my home, upon my job, upon everything I touch. I want blessing in every area of my life because I honor you with my motivation. Amen? You will grow in godliness if you maintain the right motivation. You know, this is the wonderful news. The Lord says in, in His Word that He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Again, how many are thankful for that? That He called you out of spiritual darkness. Now, on the flip side, as a believer, your response should be, Lord, I want to grow in godliness. I want your light to shine I want your light to shine from me out toward those people at Walmart so that they will see believer, the believer in me wherever I may go. Amen? Sorry if you work on Walmart, but that's my pet peeve. I pick on them every week. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, a scripture I believe you're all familiar with. Listen to these words because this describes every one of you as a believer. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, insert your name there, but Melody, but Alex, insert your name, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. That is a blessing indeed. You were a chosen, He picked you out. He chose you. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a holy nation. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you're without sin, because none of us are. Only one was Jesus. Amen. You're God's special possession. The next time you go around thinking, I'm nobody, and you start getting depressed, remember this scripture. You are God's special possession. That is truly music to my ears when I hear something like that. God's special possession, that's who you are. Amen. In other words, what God is doing is God's grace as shown to us in Jesus Christ is the right motivation for applying diligence to grow spiritually. When He came into your life, now He gives you the, the want to, the desire to, to grow spiritually. Peter is telling us in this scripture, to grow in godliness will require some diligence and hard work. 
You can't escape that. That's the right motivation. Amen? Yeah. Now the third point, to grow in godliness. Growing in, 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 in godliness and in grace. You must apply all diligence. God has given the believer, you and I, all the promises of His Word. They're for you and I. Every one of those promises are for you and I. God provides the foundation, but we must show a responsible effort. We have to do our part. We have to pick up, pick up our, 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 our cross, the Bible says. Now, getting back to the word diligence, let me just give you a description, a definition of what it means. Diligence means keeping God's commandment to be careful, persistent, and determined. Diligence, keeping His Word, being careful, being persistent, being determined. That's something that I want to ask right now, and I just want this to roll around in your mind right now as you hear this. But are you being spiritually diligent today? Are you being spiritually diligent to grow in Christ? Do you even give it a thought? Do you only think about it when you come here? Do you think about it at home? Do you think about it at work? When you're camping, those camping in God's playground should bring out those thoughts, spiritual, because really you're enjoying everything He's given you when you're out in God's beauty like that. Do you make the time to grow spiritually? Do you have a plan to grow spiritually. In other words, are you writing something down? Are you, are you making an effort to, to pray every morning in, the, in that prayer closet? Break out your Bible and just read and let it speak to you. Do you have a plan? We must have a plan in order to grow. We have to apply diligence. Otherwise, we're just coasting through life as a believer. And let me tell you, as any employer would tell you, they don't want employees that coast through life, right? God doesn't want a believer to just coast through life. Now, that's not going to keep you from heaven, but I will tell you, it will prevent you from receiving blessings that are right there at your disposal. That God wants to bless you with. God wants to grant to you. Amen? And what I really want to emphasize here is that you won't grow spiritually if you don't deliberately work at it. You won't grow. You will not grow. So where should we focus? This brings me to the next point, which is the heart of this message. We grow in godliness and in grace when we make progress in the following areas. Faith is the foundation, which I pointed out at the beginning. Faith is the foundation. But to that, the Word of God that we just read in 1 Peter says, we must supply moral excellence. Say these with me. Moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Well, I'm exhausted just after reading those. How about you? And, and you're, you're, you're reading those and you're saying, and God, you want me to be all that? I'm struggling with just one. That's okay. 
That's okay. Just let Him work on you though. Desire to want to have these things in your life. Desire to have them. The Bible says to your faith, richly supplied moral excellence. Peter uses this word moral excellence. What he's referring to when he uses that is, he's saying that Jesus was our example of moral excellence. Jesus was the perfect man, the sinless man. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, but without sin. He was our moral excellence. When, I, when you hear the word moral, we, we tend to think of morality and morals, and we know this world is just suffering for lack of morals because we see things all around us that would cause our great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents to roll around in their grave, if you know what I mean. That's the generation, unfortunately, that we live in. But because we as believers have the power of God living in us, we can be moral and achieve moral excellence. Did you know that? Amen. It, it doesn't mean, again, that you have to be perfect. I, I want to just emphasize, there's nobody perfect in this world. But you can achieve moral excellence. You can grow in your character and qualities that reflect Jesus. When you're at, I won't say that name of that store again, but when you're at that store and they give you too much change back, when you're only supposed to get a dollar back and they give you a $10 back, $10 bill, do you keep that knowing that that was not the right thing to do? Do you say, oh boy, this must be my lucky day? Or do you honestly, because of your moral character, say, hey, you gave me too much change, here's your $10 back, I am supposed to get $1. See, that's what I'm talking about, that's moral Excellence. That's integrity. It's doing the right thing when no one's looking, right? We must have moral excellence because Christ lives in you. Amen? Christ lives in you. To your moral excellence, richly supply knowledge. Here's one thing that I know is that wisdom, to, to receive practical wisdom, it's gained by exercising moral excellence. When you live a, a life of moral excellence, you gain wisdom because, because you return that money back to the cashier, and then guess what the Lord does? He blesses you because of your honesty. He blesses you because of your moral excellence, and that's wisdom. You learn from that. You say, oh, Lord, I learned from that. I need to be morally excellent in everything I do. That means if at your job, you're supposed to clock out at 4 p.m. and you're leaving at 3.50? That's not moral excellence. But Pastor Ray, that's only 10 minutes. Moral excellence will tell you, do what's right. Amen. Do what's right. Amen. It's that simple. You are the light of Christ. You carry God with you everywhere you go in this world. You are representatives. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, the Bible said. Represent Him wherever you go. And as I like to say in this church, you are a child of the King. Amen. You are a child of the King. Represent wherever you go, amen? amen? To your knowledge, richly supply self-control. This is maybe one of the most difficult ones for all of us here today. How many enjoyed that food yesterday? We had, we had a wonderful um, time of celebration yesterday, but the food was outstanding. It was a wonderful caterer that uh, Irene had chosen. By the way, those that didn't know, Foothill Christian American Canyon, we paid for that 
We paid for that food. So on behalf of Irene, just to be able to be a blessing to her. But food can often lead to issues of self-control. And it was hard to say no to the second plate or the third plate or the fourth plate, right? We all have that problem. I have that problem with buttercream and cheese danishes. I can't say no. And, uh, but one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. By definition, self-control means that you must go against your impulses or feelings in order to attain a higher goal. An athlete, those that are participating in the Olympics this month, said no to a lot of things the last year, last two years, last three years. They said no, and they said yes to the right thing. They were training. They had a mission. They had a goal. It applies to us as well in controlling our desires. Each of us are different. There are things that, that bother you that may not bother me. There are things that that bothers some of you that wouldn't be a problem for most of us. But controlling our desires, greed, sexual temptation, food, emotions, and the use of our time. You know, the use of our time, it sounds so simple and innocent, but when you look back after being on social media for three hours, and you didn't spend a minute reading the Word of God, I'll just leave that one right there. Your, to your knowledge, richly supply self-control. Supply self-control, amen. The next one is, to your self-control, richly supply perseverance. Perseverance. This re uh, refers to the ability to endure hardship and distress. Hardship and distress. Two words we don't want to hear, we don't want to have to go through. But each of you know, that all of you will suffer hardship and distress. The Bible says we will, we will go through persecution, we will go through tough times, but I love what James, the book of James says, the book, book of James says, count it, what? Joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through tough times, when you go through trials and temptations. Wow, that's, that's tough, Lord. Count it joy. How to joy. Read that book, the book of James. It'll help you. But here's what I also want to tell you that the Greek lexicon for that word perseverance describes perseverance as the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. It means that you're going to keep pursuing Christ no matter what comes your way. No matter how high those waters get, no matter how tough persecution gets, no matter how tough distress gets, no matter how tough those co-workers are, you're going to keep focusing on Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going to keep your eyes on Him and not on man or woman, right? Amen. That is what perseverance is talking about here. And to your perseverance... Richly supply godliness. And I'm going to finish up here. Godliness refers to a very practical awareness of God in every aspect of our lives. If I can have Bianca come up here. Godliness. How many ever thought, knowing where you came from, 
that somebody would describe you as having godly qualities? Probably none of you. Probably think, no. I mean, that's the furthest thing. I know that was the case for me. But here, as believers, you have godliness in you. You have godly, godly qualities, whether you recognize that or not. It refers to the attitude which God gives, which gives God the place he ought to occupy in life, in thought, and also in your devotion. Godliness should describe every one of us. That is a godly man. Again, not perfect, just godly. His intentions were godly. That's a godly woman. She seeks the Lord. She's in the house of God every time she can, every moment she can. I know she's praying, she's fasting, she's devoted time to be a blessing to the church and so forth. Those are godly qualities that will help you grow. And I know as I've gone through each of these different ones, you're probably sitting there going, I'm so far away from that. I'm not anywhere near that. Guess what? It's a work in progress. Each of you, and myself included, are a WIP. W-I-P. You're a work in progress. God's not done with me. Say that with me. God's not done with me. Some of you are learning to drive beyond places you ever thought you'd ever drive, right? God's freed you. God's taking you now places that you never thought you could accomplish spiritually. Some of you are sitting here today that I've heard you say to me, I never thought I'd be in a church sitting, listening to, the, to a sermon. God's working on you. Some of you have lost your spouses. God is still working on you. He loves you and he's still working on you. Amen? Because he loves you. He cares for you. Will you stand with me this afternoon as we close? Lord loves you, church, and He wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to just remain complacent. He wants you to have a desire to grow, to infect the world around you. Just like this terrible virus that's been going on for the last year and a half, how it's infected. The Lord wants you and I to infect the world with Godliness with his promises. But it takes you and I, it takes a determined effort to want to do that. It takes you and I to seek him in the morning, in the noontime, in the evening, whenever you can, to get on your knees and just begin to pray for yourself, your family, your church, your pastor, those that, those that work at Walmart. God wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to remain complacent. He doesn't want to leave you where you're at. And that's the wonderful news of God. He picks you up from where, you, where he found you, where you're at. But he doesn't leave you there. He takes you with him. The thing is, you want to go, you need to go with him. You want to have a desire to go with him. Because he'll take you and grow you in Christ. How many want that for their life? It's, you're, it's never too late. None of us have fully attained. Not until we get into heaven. Wayne has now attained. Wayne has attained. 
Brother Ed Miller has attained. These are people that we can look to in the future, in eternity, with assurance to know that we're going to see them again because they have attained. We're still working out this situation here in our life. They've attained. You should desire to have what they have. They've attained. But we have to work at it. We have to grow at it. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your love, for your grace. And our desire today is that you would help each of us grow in your grace and godliness. Lord, it's not easy. I know with all the hectic busyness of life, sometimes kids, little kids, little ones still at home and jobs, careers, managing a marriage, managing jobs. It just it becomes a very difficult time, a very difficult season. But Lord, I pray right now that you would help us, everyone here that's listening to my voice, those on listening online, on YouTube, Lord. I pray, God, your blessings that would fall upon us supernaturally, that we would have a desire to want to grow in you, that you would give us the, the discipline and encourage our effort to grow in you, Lord. Again, it's not about being perfect, Lord. It's not about just showing up here, being a, an attender, but it's about having a deep desire to know you, that I might know you, Lord, in the power of your resurrection. That is the desire I have, and I pray that that's the desire that each of us would want to have, especially as we, as we mature, especially as we want to pass something on of significance to the next generation, to our children, our grandchildren, to those around us. Lord, help us to, to be disciplined and to show an effort in growing in Christ. That is my prayer for each of us today. I pray that that would sink into everyone here today, that it would be a deep desire. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we thank you today, Lord. Pray blessings upon those watching again online right now, that you would bless them and give them a, and grant them a desire in their heart for more of you, Lord. And as always, we conclude with a blessing. This time, I just want everybody to raise your hand and receive this blessing today. Just raise your hands in the air. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, marvelous Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.